live in the dungeon. This is the Dream Warrior Review. I'm Kurt Thomas. I'm Mick Strawn. Okay, go ahead. So this is what I've noticed. <laughs> this is just a little thing. But you see, you and I have a podcast, right? What do we call we do? it? What, we do. Oh, I we thought do. we were just sitting here. Well, what's it called? It's called the Dream Warrior Review. How would you say it to people? I would say, hey. Hey, we have you a... check out we, our we, podcast. We gotta, it, it's and freaking it's called, amazing. Right. Okay. This is what I've learned. And this has just been the last, you know, uh, three weeks or so. You know, Beans is the Book is starting to come out. And, and, and I'm getting more and more and more podcast requests, right? Yes. And yes. here's what they say. They come on and they say, <laughs> hi. Hey, I have uh, a podcast. Maybe you've heard of it. Um, Chop Block. Right, two thousand, two hundred thousand pop uh, followers. Yeah, huh? And here's the thing, you know, that little number in there, that little two hundred thousand, is somehow or other, if if you have more than fifty thousand followers, it becomes part of the name of the podcast. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, because huh. I, I mean, it's again and again and again in here is is like they they tell you the we'll name be of there the next pod- year. Yes, next next abs- year. Because right now, Which, we by have, the way, the chopping we block. A- we'd love to be on your podcast, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you want some guests to come on your yes, show. absolutely, chop block. Uh, this <laughs> this guy's name was Scott Paulson, and he was a blast. Scott Paulson. Uh, he, he was he was he, he was cool. a lot of fun. Okay, so but 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 uh, we have to get at least fifty thousand people so we can start saying things like, "Hey, Dream Warrior Review," uh, fifty thousand. I think by that point we're gonna be like cool about it. Like, yeah, we know we're big. Yeah. So for some reason they find out a w- they find a way to to include the number fifty thousand. Like, cool, it's fifty thousand. Well, look, we got three thousand downloads, buddy, <laughs> and eleven followers. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not important right now. So no, but I'm, I I found ways. I'm uh-huh. going to employ this. I have a list of things, which mm-hmm. I don't have with me, of course. Yeah, of course. I was reading a couple articles about podcasting and, and ways to boost your listeners. Right. And I made a list of things we should do to help ourselves. Gotcha. Help them, help us, get them to follow us. That, did I say that right? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I thought my job here was just to show up every week. <laughs> well, I, speaking of I jobs, did. we had yes. a we had a movie lined up for Labor Day. Uh, you know what? You're really but we're not going to do it, and I'm not going to go there. So anyway, crap. But we have an even better movie. Yes, and it's called. Actually, I want to introduce our da- guest real quick. Yes, we had this girl on our our show a while ago. Uh huh. And it actually ended up on the cutting room floor and never made. It never made it. Really? So I'd like to introduce our guest, Alexa. Alexa. <laughs> How are you doing today? Hi there. I've got that blissful feeling you get when you're singing songs around a campfire. Oh, that's perfect. Because Labor Day is coming up and that's I'm going right. camping. That's right. And you're going to be dancing around a campfire, right? So, yeah, exactly. So, are, are you? But are you going to be Alexa right. dancing around a campfire? Teehee. I love dancing. Oh. So I, I invited her on the show. Oh, you did? Thanks. Always a pleasure. Exactly. Well, that's what I so was So I invited say. her on the show because yeah. uh, we had her on the show to tell people that we can actually, you can get our podcast. All you have to do is enable the skill, AnyPod, uh-huh. and then you say, Alexa, ask AnyPod to play Dream Warrior Review. It's been a while since you listened to Dream Warrior Review. Would you like to hear the newest episode? Yes. Okay. 
Here's the newest episode of Dream Warrior Review. On this episode, DWR 107 Castle Rock Part 2 of 2. I, I love this because there's just Whoa. so many angles that... Wow, so that was weird. Together. Alexa? Alexa? Stop. Of course. Tell us a Chuck Norris joke. Mr. T pities the fool. Chuck Norris pities Mr. T. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was pretty good. Where is Chuck Norris? If Chuck Norris wants you to know where he is, he'll find you. If he doesn't, you won't know until it's too late. Ah. Oh, so I actually put together some questions for Alexa because she's, you know, she's been nice enough to come all well, the way down that, here that, with no legs. Nice. No legs. <laughs> I don't have legs. I'm more delight than height. <laughs> so Alexa, do you like movies? Yes, I do. My favorite of all is The Empire Strikes Back. May the force be with you. And may the force be with you, always. What do you like about The Empire Strikes Back? Hmm. Remember, the force will be with you, always. Let go. The force is strong with this one. What is your favorite movie quote? I'm glad you asked. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. <laughs> <laughs> Who is Mick Strawn? I'd rather not answer that. We don't really talk after what happened. <laughs> <laughs> well, that makes two of us. All right. Well, I have okay. one more question leading into our... I'll let her do the introduction. Okay. I'll Thanks. Frankenstein's Army is a 2013 horror film starring Robert Gwilym, Han Ping Tang, and Alexander Mercury. The film is 1 hour and 24 minutes long. The movie has a rating of 5.3 out of 10 on IMDb based on around 7,100 votes, and is rated R. Wow, that was very... Uh, wow, that was kind of sterile. That was pretty sterile, but yeah. thank you, Alexa. Anytime. I would say that, uh, just to make it more clear, it's the end of World War II. I don't think she mentioned That's right. that. Yeah, and the Russian soldiers are soldiers are pushing into Eastern Germany, and they stumble across a secret Nazi lab. Yes, and it has uh, whatever Doctor Frankenstein is developing it's creatures. Back. This is war this creatures. Is, right? This is Franken Frankenstein's son. Yes, his son. His son. And interesting, I, one thing that really caught me was that he said, "My dad said I was crazy." My dad said I was crazy. That <laughs> <laughs> so says a lot about this guy. Mm -hmm. I have a um, feeling we feel differently a little bit about some things. Do we? I already feel this way. I'm feeling the vibe right now. I dug this film. This film put me in a place. I don't know the whole look of it and everything. Just that World War II uh, bombed out uh, the, and the whacked out creatures coming at you and and uh, because th there was something about it that kind of reminded me of um, of a video game yeah you know yeah. There, there were elements because there was there was tunnels and and this set uh, or location uh, obviously filmed in some kind of a factory somewhere uh, in Prague um, just the amazing set dressing right. just went on and on and on. One amazing scene after another. And all very practical. And uh, and, and the visuals of it <laughs> were just <laughs> great. You know, it was that, that, that kind of feeling that you... I'll tell you, here's the kind of feeling. If you happened to be in the world's largest junkyard of just... Uh, Maybe post World War II junk, 
mm-hmm. and you were just wandering in amongst the towers and uh, of all these you know degrading but really incredibly cool pieces that all had this you know truly uh heinous but but still fascinating history oh man i i just it, it just it made me feel like a kid really like a a, a kid <laughs> in a psycho candy store sorry so I love the look of the movie. Yeah. I love the creatures. Yeah. I hated the movie overall. Really? I mean, I love the, the part where the creatures were attacking. So yeah. I like certain parts. Yeah. I, I take that back. I didn't hate the whole thing, but I, I really am so tired of these found footage films and like, why did it have to be found footage? It didn't have to be a found footage. Film. Yeah, but it wasn't found footage. It was, well, it was like the guy, Dimitri or the guy that yeah, but was, he was shooting everything. Right. The, and, and there, and there was a perfectly How plausible the reason for it. Right. But I don't know. It's just, uh, I don't know. It, it just looked too good. And the acting was horrible. The story was the acting, awful. I'm going to tell you, the acting was horrible. And so the story, the story. It was campy though. And the story basically sucked. But, but, <laughs> but I did but like it was the creatures. All about, it was all about feeling because the, the creatures were just so cool. It, it You know, it was sort of like playing Doom yeah, um, it was like on one of those acid. video games. Yeah, I can see that. You know, it was playing Doom on acid is what it so was. So my favorite part was when the guy got, he was separated by those, they dumped him down the thing. Right. The, right. the trash thing or whatever it was, <laughs> right, and he yeah. was in those pile of rubber pieces. Right, like, exactly. I mean, there was a rubber head there. I'm like, really? Really? <laughs> really? <laughs> it was like rubber really? body parts. But anyway, so I like the part where you get separated by them and all, all the creatures are chasing him and he's running all these different directions. Right. So I like that part, but that's like the last 10 minutes I, of the movie I liked. I wanted to bring up something. Um, when when we have been talking before and and I've been saying that movie blood never looks like that, right? Right. Yeah. Um this blood looks like real blood. Yeah. But did you notice what it did? It it, it looked like a graphic cartoon in yeah. a way. Yeah. Which like is, a video game. Like a video game, but that's what happens when you have opaque blood that isn't clear. I mean, the clear that is what blood looks like. Mm-hmm. You can't see through blood in reality, but movie blood you always can see is because the thing is, is the visceral quality of of thick red blood literally looks like a piece of red paper, mm-hmm. you know. And, and and did that not give you that yeah. feeling as you're looking at all this blood? It, it looks like it comes out of a paint jar, and yet I can tell you that it did look. Like, right. re- like real blood, just didn't look like movie blood, but it did have a graphic cartoon quality to it. So the blood looked good, real, but the the body parts look fake. Right, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, I. I but I but know. it was hyper hyper graphic and 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 would it was not like steampunk zombie, uh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, see, and I, and I love steampunk. I really do. Uh, steampunk stories to me, uh, China Mevely, uh amazing. You know, uh, it, it, by the way, there's a film that's going to be coming up uh, called Mortal Engines. Oh, uh, it's, Mortal Engines. Okay. It's directed by yeah. Peter. It, it's uh, produced by uh, Peter cool Jackson's company. Has a cool trailer, but yeah. it has a very, very, very steampunk, steampunk sure. feel to it. You know, and it and is an echo of the the look of this film. You know. Yeah. Well, don't you think that the shakiness and the out of focus kind of takes away from the whole thing? Like. I I didn't like the overall washed out look of it. It, right. it it they they chose to give it an overall look that did not appeal to me, but I was so blown away by how good the art direction was and how 
and the creatures. I like that. I like the I, sets. I, I didn't care about the rest of it. I, yeah. You know, if you re-edited this movie and only had the creatures, right. I, would, I would probably like it. It would. It, well, <laughs> it, yeah, but it, it 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 follows well with mixed rule of like I could take twenty minutes out of any film. <laughs> well, I was six minutes into this movie and I wrote down, "Oh shit, is this another gray night?" Oh, wow, wow. But oh, that was probably before the creatures started appearing. Yeah. Only Nazis would think of something like this. There were some scenes where you couldn't tell what was I going th- on. It was very old school, like where you, like, I mean, talk about like, like old, old, like 30s. Right. Because you see some violent attack happening off camera. Right. And then right. you only see the aftermath. Right. Like, it was like. Yeah. You, that well, was, you see, but, but, but the thing is, is they, the acting of the crew of, of the Russian crew, I, I think part of it is they were trying to uh, bring out that Russian mistrust of each other, right? You know, which which is difficult because that Russian mistrust of each other, uh, even if it even if that really happened, uh, it, it, it's not an interesting. You right, know, a, there, there's no there, there's no uh, uh, NUI yeah. to, to each other. There's uh, no compassion, no no really caring about each other. And and I'm not a hundred percent sure that that's the way any army actually exists. Right. I mean, armies exist in small groups that you know trust to each other's lives. And and unless you're a, a Frankenstein's army, well, yeah, but so <laughs> that, it was those, very. I did, I did think it was kind of campy. I do enjoy stuff like that. Oh, so totally I, campy, like it yeah. got really ridiculous with the guy with the propeller. <laughs> yeah. Now that was awesome. But I like that. That was yeah, awesome. Yeah, that was awesome. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. so like I said, it's like I like the second, like a third, last third So you of the were movie. torn. You I were torn. Last, I was really bored actually for the first like third of the movie. It was like really. Just, yeah. Uh, yeah. It was a little bit. Yeah. And then yeah. like. But you know what? I think I, I like, I like the World War Two. Look I do too. Things, yeah, probably maybe a little bit better than you do. I, I, I don't know. Maybe. I, I would die for. I like World know. War II stuff. I love. Yeah. War, yeah, I just love that overall look. And you know what? It, I I might point out this that in the United States you would never have been able to get that look, right? Because the leftover equipment from that period of time they had so much junk that obviously you know was from at least the fifties. Yeah. That it, it, it just looks so. There was one radio cool. that looked very sixties ish, though, like the little handheld one. Yeah, no, you're <laughs> right. Like 1963. Yeah. I was thinking. <laughs> so there was one major flaw. Like, if I'm a camera operator, right, and all this shit starts happening, I think I would just drop the camera and run away, basically, or I would just drop the camera. Why would you sit there? Well, you know, one thing that I would point out though is that, and we found out about this, and maybe you missed this point. Probably did. Was that he? I fell asleep. That, that he 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 started out by looking like the ineffective camera man that was supposed to be following this group all around, and then we find out that he's actually a captain. Yeah. And that he's the one that's yeah. actually driving the entire operation, and so I think in terms of that. His I don't understand job. why he had to capture it, though. Like, I guess he was documenting it for his... Right, uh, he was documenting... Absolutely. His yeah. his whole concept was that he had to be documenting it, yeah. right? So, um... Well, I guess if I'm getting attacked by... My my last thought is to hold the camera steady, is what See, I'm saying. See, and all I'm saying <laughs> is this, is I think that there was a real... That they had better than most found footage uh, films reasons for uh, for having images of it. Because look, look at all the cameras that we had... 
you know, in World War II, and, and really, in all honesty, why did we have such great footage right. of, of World War II? I mean, it, it was just a decision. It's a command yeah. decision that the cameras had to be rolling. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, that, And you have to ask yourself is, okay, but... Uh, and obviously, we had a lot of footage of the Civil War. It was important, you know. Yeah. Um, not so important in World War One. No, there's very little actual footage of tons World of War Vietnam I. stuff. Yeah, obviously, because that was more recent too. I mean, right. But and, and then look at all the stuff that we had of that we didn't have of uh, the the European wars that we were in. So, <laughs> uh, M- Milos. Um, Oh, I can't think Yugoslavia, uh, all all of that stuff. We have very little, mm-hmm. and and I think that one of the problems is is that we didn't have any propaganda behind. Uh, we didn't have footage of it. We didn't know what was going on, and and the we weren't very behind it. You right. know, and, and, and makes me wonder if some complete, countries do have footage of it, though. You know what I mean? Like, well, obviously they would yeah. probably. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm just saying is it changes from war to war depending on what kind of um, tactic you you're using with the public. I mean, think of all the uh, the people that we had that were actually in units uh, in Vietnam mm-hmm. at the beginning of Vietnam in. Uh, uh, the desert wars, right? Yeah. Well, World War Two, you had like the propaganda machine behind yeah. Germany. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. there was film right. was so a big deal there. there. That, and and we wanted to film. We had our own propaganda machine yeah. going. You know, we wanted. To, and both countries are very technical, right? Like with films for sure. Filmmaking right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, so so the thing is, is I was completely comfortable with the fact that there was uh, well filming of this. There were certain points where I felt like I was watching it like. It was a recording of like a bad haunted house. Like, well, you know the <laughs> like, funny thing. I mean, I lost the whole feeling that I was in a game. And it was like I was like I'm videotaping a haunted that's house. That's true. The, guys coming out like. Ehh. There was a continuousness to the filming that could never existed. Of course, uh, that that would have been that would have been a modern thing. I will tell you one of my favorite parts though. Actually, it was probably my favorite part mm. when they said they to the nurse. They're like, if you get the helmet off, we'll let you live. And she pulls right, it off, and, she pulls, and the brain comes out. And the out. brain comes out with it. <laughs> so yeah, that, that, was that didn't awesome. even make any sense. But, but I, I like that that scene though, just because it was ridiculous. <laughs> did Did you notice that? Did you notice the woman with the teddy bear sewed to her? That was that was his mom. That was supposed to be his mom. Oh, I didn't catch that. See, I, I, I see you just checked out. I was too busy. You don't even count. No, I, you was, know? I was checked out probably. Yeah, but I was oh. I was interested in the creatures. Whatever creature came on, I'm like, oh, that's cool. How the, you know, I like I like the creatures. <laughs> I was interested in how they made like the lobster guy. Yeah, the, yeah, they're, you know. they the creatures were just amazing. And by the way, uh, they were all designed by the director. The director designed. Uh, oh wow! Also storyboarded the entire film and uh, designed uh, all the creatures in it. Oh, and the right side of the brain is the. Uh, Liberal. That was the silliest thing was, I have ever thought of. Left I've, is communist, right was, is Nazi. Right, that was the, <laughs> that was the silliest thing I have ever. And yeah. the doctor actually wasn't a bad actor. He was probably one of the yeah. Ones. No, he was. You know what? He brought he brought uh, uh, an odd clarity to it that the film hadn't had up until that point. It, it's funny because we had all these you know just things and we don't know what the story is behind all, any of them. And yeah. then there was definitely a change in the whole film 
when he comes in. That's where I started getting into it a little bit more. Yeah, well, just because he yeah. he was actually, you know, he was your Greek chorus. He was kind of. Uh, and then there. you're wondering what the other guy's going to do. Like, yeah. you know. And then, okay, the camera broke. Like yeah. lens cracked. Right. Then all of a sudden it was fixed. I'm like, okay. Well, didn't you see him turn it? I guess the, they took it off. Yeah, they turned it. Yeah, they turned it. Okay. They turned it to another lens. You know? <laughs> I was just like. <laughs> yeah, I. I. Don't know. I, I I thought I thought that the overall washed out look of it was terrible. Uh, I could have done with something else, you know. I, I guess I had a problem with the shakiness, the out of focus, the, I would, the found it, footage look, and then the fact that it was washed out. And see, then I it, I would dug it if it was in black and white. But then again, how how would those creatures look if it was really clean and clear and? Oh no no! There's no doubt know. about it. But the so thing black is, and white might be the way to go. Wait, I, I'm just saying is there's or sepia, many sepia there's, or sepia yeah film? sepia. There's many there's many choices to go towards. I just don't necessarily i did not enjoy that particular manipulation of the of the overall look i, I but the sets the production yeah, the set design, design we'll see oh. i can see why you like that part of it yeah. but for yeah. me i thought overall it was pretty terrible <laughs> i mean well i don't know I, I would give it like an average rating i guess because i did get into the creatures and that i did like the sets but so you're not, didn't you're, talk. You're, so you're if not, it was a silent movie and it was black and white. Okay, and, <laughs> here's what I'm going to say. They cut out half of the. This dialogue. is how good the production design is. I'm going to give it a 3.4, and I thought the acting was horrendous. Wow. I thought that the these these guys didn't. I you know you absolutely couldn't figure out why any of them were even going in the same direction at any given time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but. But uh, some of the stuff didn't make sense, but you didn't really have to take it too seriously. Uh, it's not exactly the point. No, yeah, not no. really. It's all about the creatures. No, but it was about the creatures and it was about the look, you know, uh, and and uh, and even the look kind of there was something that kind of bothered me a little bit about it. But it lost but, its way a little bit, though, you think, with like the story, like trying to crowbar stories in there. Yeah. Are you sure that you didn't lose your way? I did. Yeah. Yeah. Because well, I'm yeah. like, why? You know we, what? Why are War we focused hell. on this? War is hell. And if the guy, if if a guy takes me down to a basement, and he just disappears, yeah, I would chase his ass and bring it back down. But that's just me. I don't have an opinion on that. Alexa, what is your rating? Hmm, three point one four. I give it <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I'm actually gonna give it a generous. I feel this is very generous. Two point no. four. <laughs> what? So if I if this didn't have any creatures in it, I'd probably give it a one. So I have to like account for that basically like the creatures brought it up from a one in my opinion way past a one you're giving me gas <laughs> so for once we disagree this is good but uh, you know I, I actually don't really disagree with the fact that it was a good production like the the design was good and the creatures were awesome but that's See, about I as just far enjoyed as I the. I, I just I to me it's it had all the right flaws it didn't need to be so long all the right flaws <laughs> it could have been a lot shorter <laughs> No, I, I I really enjoyed it. We were, um, I was, uh, I was just talking to somebody uh, at a meeting of uh, the seventy-two. There's a seventy-two-hour film challenge coming yeah, up, yeah. and I meet with them because I like to laugh at them. <laughs> and uh, they they all ask me, you know, questions about this and that and the next thing. And I think that we were talking about the setup of effects, and, and I enjoyed. The element of this that was so practical, you know, and 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 there was some yeah. there were some great reasons that it could be practical. Part of it was that it was so it was such a uh, 
assault on your senses there there was a an aspect to it that was a mm-hmm. uh um assaultive kind of look and so you could get away with a very sloppy kind of thing going on right uh there's always reasons that that the gag in your mind works and in this case i think that the gag of the whole film the creatures and everything they they would not have worked if they were in a clean art gallery mm-hmm. i mean it, it's they just would have looked out of place and funky but the fact that they are in this funky background and stuff sets it up and, and somebody had to think about that you know when you're a production designer you're bringing together things as a whole um and the same thing goes with uh, uh, effects. We, I, I was just sitting uh, talking to somebody, and we were talking about the elements that set up effects. Story time. Story time. It's story time with Mick. 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 That, that effects work as a, as as a sequence of elements, and I think that in the '80s, working with practical effects, knowing the limitations that you had, that uh, we were getting very, very, very good at sequencing and understanding what it took to set a, a, a to set up a story. And and I'll lay out a couple of really common ones just from the Nightmare on Elm Streets, uh, you know, especially particularly as I, you know have written a book about Nightmare on the Street called Behind the Screams. <laughs> uh, uh, we'll talk about that one. We'll talk about the the, the sequence where the theater is, uh, she's being sucked into mm-hmm. the, and, and, and basically we're using gravity to make that gag work. So we built a, we go into the Rialto Theater, the actual theater, and we kind of, uh, we then took the balcony and she goes up to the balcony and, and she's in a dream in the balcony. She's sitting with her popcorn. She's sitting with her uh, Coke. And, and we see the way that we tell the little story that leads into the big story uh, is we see the, the Coke spilling out mm-hmm. and then we see the popcorn spilling out of and, and going and, and going straight forward. And, of course, the way that we're doing it with that is we're messing with gravity. We have that whole balcony we have built. We're back at the stage, and they're built on a tractor, and they're being lifted up to 90 degrees. And and a stunt person has replaced um, Lisa Wilcox mm-hmm. as Alice, and, and she is now falling across the seats. And there are 10 – there are the other Elm Street uh, – children that have died are all completely fastened and belted into their seats mm-hmm. and we see them and they're just eating popcorn normally and doing stuff normally and she looks like she's being sucked towards the screen we're using gravity to do that and 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 what i was talking about there is how we're going from one thing to the other and each shot is setting up the next shot when when she is then she goes all the way down in our set she's down to the edge of the balcony she's holding on to the edge of the balcony and being you know that's 90 degrees and she's kicking the next shot is of her kicking and now we're underneath her 
and we're not actually underneath her. She's actually being held by a crane. She's holding on to the edge of the uh, balcony that's suspended underneath the crane, and the ceiling is has the beams from the uh, from the the same duplicates of the theater ones down the side of the building. So you have eight sets of those beams down a ninety foot hmm. side of a building, and when she lets go of that edge, it looks like she's flying over your over, over your, your head, head yeah. and being sucked into the screen. Right. And so we're using gravity all the way along. And, and and basically what she did is we had stretched a piece of blue paper uh, over the oh, okay. ba- airbag yeah. and she breaks through the paper and hits the airbag. Oh, that's awesome. And so the paper is then used as the blue screen. Yeah. You know that you see that, them. That's a great scene. Yeah, it thing. is. It is a great scene, and you except and, for when the the people in the background, her hair moved down. <laughs> I, I caught that like the tenth time I saw that movie. I think the hair moved. Yeah, down. right. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> it's a blonde you, girl. You, you're the one, the one that right. you're the one that pointed out to me that we could still see the cable of the truck. So, <laughs> bastard. <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I, actually, after seeing something many times, I start noticing little details. Like I start nitpicking it. Thing. Well, now, now get get this. Thirty years. Yeah, it's it amazing. took me freaking thirty years, and I'd never seen that cable. There's people that are asking how that theater scene's done. Like people in the industry. Oh, ask I you just, that. I, I swear, I just, I just explained that today to somebody. Yeah. Um, on a text after, at, after that that guy that uh, what's the name of that podcast? It's, it's gone right on my head. <laughs> Scott Paulson's uh, Paulson. Blocks, chop block, chop block. Yeah, it was chop block, chop block. Yeah, chop, chop block. block. That's it. Chop block. That's now chop block. He he's so he writes me and he says, "I as well as I didn't get a chance to ask you on air, but there was a scene on Nightmare on Elm Street four where Alice was being sucked into the movie screen in the movie theater, and the scene where it looks like she's actually being sucked into the screen in the frame." That you guys are still sitting down and it doesn't look like a split screen. How did you guys do that? <laughs> right. Right. Well, the guy that the the, the chattering podcast. The chattering podcast, he yeah. He said something yeah. about it too. Yeah, Nicholas um, He said that was one of his favorite scenes and he had no yeah, idea. Yeah, he, he had it. no idea how we did it. <laughs> we used gravity, people. <laughs> we used gravity. But yeah, I didn't know about the what confused me about that was the part where she falls through the screen. So you just explained that to me. Right, right. And so I, that well, one's clear. The, and, and I have to tell you the funny thing. Here's the great thing about that story is that we went there. We literally went out with an entire second unit that was enormous. Went out with a stunt person, and and we filmed at a place called the Bert the um, Beverly Hills. It was on Highland Boulevard in Hollywood, uh, and it was called the Beacons Beverly Hills. Furrier storage unit. And what it was, essentially, was, a, a, and I think it was a eight-story, um, eight-story refrigerator. Wow. <laughs> Basically, it was a concrete <laughs> building, had no windows, and, you know, it, it, it wasn't, I, I swear, on the front, it had no windows, and it said that beacon storage, but there were then three other sides that were just concrete. Literally just, you know, eight plus stories of concrete. And that's what made it absolutely perfect. 
It's then we didn't we didn't have to paint it. We didn't have to do anything. All we had to do is take two huge cables and 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 <laughs> we we stacked eight beams down at the base of it and pulled the cables up. Oh, so the yeah. cable would it would go, it'd go up about fifteen feet and then pick up a beam and then and then pick up the next beam wow. and and they were painted with the same finial look you know that that the concrete beams were on at the theater so we had the perfect opportunity for this for for us to to achieve that yeah. fake and it, and and it still to this day remains something you've never seen because it just hardly even makes sense it looks exactly <laughs> like she's getting sucked into it and Nobody knows how it was done. <laughs> that's, that's great. <laughs> a pretty good use of gravity. <laughs> wow. So uh, anyway, there's a there's a, a shout out to Scott Scott Paulson. Um, you know, good question. Uh, it is a question that I do literally get once a week these days. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> on the same shot. <laughs> People don't seem to listen to our podcast. That's what the moral of the story yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, how did, how did we stop the truck? Right? right. You know, they they want to know how we did the truck. And that's a, there's so many of those on Nightmare on Street 4. It's like, how did you, how did you stop the truck? Yeah. Yeah. Just look very closely. <laughs> Just look very closely. The answer is there. The answer is there. <laughs> it actually is. <laughs> but no, you, no. I mean, I didn't notice that for like how many times? Well, the thing Probably is, a dozen. because it's a perfect scene. Yeah. That's the thing. It's perfectly cut. You're not looking at that. You're not looking at no. that. You're literally. The thing is, is it's almost short enough and it's done. It's not done in hyper slow motion or anything like that. And you want to see what the hell happened because it's you know it's not every day that you get to see something who so completely hit nothing right you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah i can't wait till we're talking about nightmare number three three was it too soon to say that too soon to say that because the book just came out for four, for I'm four? Already talking about three. yeah well you gotta yeah. do a book about three yeah well i am doing a book about three <laughs> <laughs> That's it's gonna happen, guys. It's gonna happen. So uh, yeah, there you go. So that's uh, that's story time with Mick. That's awesome. And and that's we graded the film. Yes, uh, we any, actually did our job. In, we we've done our job. Any other thoughts about that? I just you know that film just made me feel so cool. Yeah. I mean, for some reason it's it, awesome. it it it. Um, so when are you writing a book about uh, Kazam? <laughs> I want to hear the Shaq interview. Oh, that was hardly even necessary. <laughs> I know. I cut that out. I was just fucking with you. I, I, yeah, I, I will tell you a funny story about Kazam. Uh, when when I was I was heading t- down the hallway uh, of the stage, uh, the stage and the offices were in the same building. We were on the second floor, and I was I was uh, <laughs> like like the imitation. Of I've seen people imitate my look where uh, of walking, which was I would lean forward and basically try and catch up with my head. You know, uh, it was like oh. pure business, pure business walk. You know, and I would be paying attention to like papers or something that was in my hand and stuff. And I'm heading down the hallway. I'm heading for Bob's office, uh, the production design or the producer and. I vaguely am aware of somebody going, oh, hi, Mick. Hey, I'd like to introduce you. And all of a sudden, ow! 
And here's what had happened. I had run into Shaq's hand. Oh. <laughs> he had put his hand up to, to shake. To shake. Uh, but I was stooping a little bit and 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 probably moving pretty fast and and he kind of miscalculated and because the natural place of where his arm bent was uh about at the uh height of my eye at the time uh <laughs> i ran directly into that digit of his finger right smacked me right in the eye wow yeah i ran into Shaq's arm <laughs> It's pretty. It's actually at that time he was in really good shape too. I mean, he, not that he's not in shape now, but I'm saying yeah. he was. Yeah, he was playing yeah. every day. Yeah. <laughs> so, so um, yeah. So, I would not want to run into that to his hand. No. Yeah, you know, it, 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 it's really weird because there was a there was a thing that absolutely everybody did because uh, in my office we had a, a pair of his shoes, <laughs> and and. Uh, because we needed them for relationships to like certain gags and stuff. And, and they would just, this sat on this desk, you know, and, and you walk in and absolutely everybody, everybody that walked into that office for the first time had to lay their hand <laughs> down, their arm down into yeah. that, into that shoe. You know, it was like, you know, you always had to lay your hand flat to see if you're and 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 I know for a fact that that shoe was exactly the length from there, the tip of my finger to my elbow. Wow. Fit absolutely dead flat inside that shoe. You put like a little bit, uh, toddler in there or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you could have. <laughs> so anyway, you know, there you go. So the, this is... um. That was a double story time. It was a double story time. Yeah, wasn't it? see what happens when I say dumb things. <laughs> it turns into a great story. Wait, well, what? A, when do you not say that's dumb things? That's what I'm here for. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're doing your job really well. <laughs> Except for the fact that this movie wasn't that great. Ah, uh, Alexa, thanks for being here. You're welcome. No worries. Anytime. Live long and prosper. Peace and long life. This is Kurt Thomas along with Mick Strawn. Thank you for listening to the Dream Warrior Review. If you have any questions or just have feedback for our show, we welcome them at dreamwarriorreview at gmail.com. Of course, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter as well. As always, please follow us and tell your friends about us too. Who is Freddy Krueger? Frederick Charles Freddy Krueger is a character from the A Nightmare on Elm Street film series. He first appeared in Wes Craven's A Nightmare on Elm Street as a burnt serial killer who uses a glove armed with razors to kill his victims in their dreams, causing their deaths in the real world as well. In the dream world, he is a powerful force and almost completely invulnerable.